Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 2, the premiere, the football NFL special episode Season 2 is here. I'm your host, Jay Mondane. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed Season 1. Season 2 is going to be so much better. We got a lot more going on in Season 2. I'm glad y'all here for the premiere. Be sure to check us out. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also catch the audio damn near everywhere now. So the audio is on Apple. The audio is on Spotify. It is on Amazon Music. It is on Audible. It is on Google Podcasts. It is on iHeartRadio. Check out the audio everywhere. Check out the live show on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's your boy, Jay Mondane. Season two. Listen up. Got a lot to go over today, but we're going to talk a lot about football because obviously the season is upon us. We got a lot to get into. So let me go ahead and get started without further ado. We're going to go ahead and get into these quick layup lines and these in this quick news. So Team USA, for those of you who don't know, Team USA plays outside of the Olympic years every four years. And what they're doing now is uh, they're in Africa and they're playing in the FIBA World Championships. The reason teams play in the FIBA World Championships is so they can be eligible to play in the actual Olympics. USA won the gold in 2020, so they're already qualified. But the reason the USA goes is because they have the younger guys that they're trying to funnel into the program, the younger NBA guys, and they want to get them the Olympic FIBA experience. So with that being said, they're actually doing really well. They have swept the first round of the group stage. They are 3-0 in their group led by Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brunson. They look really good. I watched a few games, even watched some games when I wasn't at home. I was out hanging out, still was able to catch a game against Greece, which was, oh, I'm sorry, uh, not Greece. It was, um, man, who was playing them tough? Somebody played them real tough. They were actually losing for majority of the game. Came back with good defense. It was Germany. That's who it was. It was, the Germans are a real big physical team. Our young players showed a lot of pride, came up and won that game. I think they got a good chance of winning this FIBA championship. So they're 3-0 in the first round of the group stage. The second round of the group stage starts on Friday, and they play Montenegro. So good luck to Team USA. The young guys, a lot of those guys probably won't play in the Olympics, but it's good for them to get that exposure. You get to see some guys that you probably don't see all the time. Guys like Austin Reeves showing out. People don't know how good Anthony Edwards is. They're getting to see that. <clears throat> People don't get to see the leadership Jalen Brunson brings to the table. They're getting to see that. So that's good for them. And then you got veteran guys like Bobby Portis get a chance to play at that international level, possibly get him a gold medal on a resume with an NBA title. So that's good for him. So yeah, a lot going on with NBA with USA basketball. Like I said, round two starts on Friday against Montenegro. Next, we got, we might as well segue into it. We've been hearing about it all week. 
track star Noah Lyles talked about the NBA. Now, before we even get into what he said, because I won't even spend too much time on what he said, I'll just get to the point of it. But I understand what he said. And you got to look at it from this standpoint. He is an Olympic gold medalist. He is a world champion himself. He's the first track athlete to sweep the 100 and 200 meter goals since Usain Bolt eight years ago. So he has a leg to stand on because he's won something. All right. He's won at the global level. So I'll give him props for that. Now, we got to get into the nonsense that he said, right? He doesn't understand. Basically what he said, I'm paraphrasing. After a press conference, during a press conference, after he won his gold medals, they asked him about, you know, basketball. He says, I don't understand why they call an NBA champion a world champion. It doesn't make sense to me. They don't play against everybody in the world. Okay. On its face, it makes sense, right? Because it's a North American sport. However, what he fails to realize, and like I said, I'm going to keep it simple for y'all. The NBA is the top of the top greatest players in the world right now, okay? It is the highest level of competition in the sport, meaning the best players in the world play in this league, number one. Number two, players from all over the world, like I said, play in the NBA, and the teams that win the championship are all compiled of players from all over the world in the first place. The reason why they are called the world champions is because they are the best league in the sport. The same reason that if you look at a banner at an NFL team, you go to a stadium, you go to Chief Stadium, you go to Gillette Field, Gillette Stadium in New England, it says world champions on it because these are the best football players in the world and they play in the best league. And so when they win a championship, they are considered the best in the world. End of story. That's all the, that's all the energy I'm giving to it. Didn't make sense to me. It went one ear out the other, but the way I operate, I always got to look into it, see both sides of the coin. I understand where he's coming from. Other track star, Shari Richardson, got his back. I get it. Hold the flag for him, no pun intended. But they are world champions because they are the best players in the world. Just like you, as a track athlete, you are running against the best track athletes in the world. That's why you're a world champion. Now, an Olympic champion is different. That doesn't take anything away from the athletes that run or do their Olympic sport. They are also Olympic champion and world champions. But the NBA champs are world champs as well. So it doesn't really make sense to have that going on, but it is what it is. Like I said, world champ. <laughs> so now what I wanted to get into before we get into any of our segments, first thing I wanted to get into before we dive into the segments is college football. Is this the end of college football as we know it? Obviously college football won't stop. It won't cease to exist. People will obviously play college football. But is it the end of it as we know it as fans? Stay with me on this. Several schools are changing conferences in the next two, three years. 
some big names. For example, Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 are moving to the SEC, another big Power 5 conference. UCLA and USC are moving to the Big 10, another Power 5 conference, out of the Pac-12. My question is this. Number one, why the hell are they doing it? We all know it's about money, right? We're not naive. You know, school's out. We know why they are advocating for these teams to move around. It's revenue driven, but it takes away from a lot of the things that are going on in sport. So what I'm trying to say is this. Conferences often, but not always, include teams from a common geographical area. That's why the conferences exist, right? The reason the conference exists because for the most part, they play in the same area. They are eliminating the idea of conference play. All because everybody wants to play in this college football playoff. You can still play in a college football playoff no matter where, you, where you're located. But they need to just get rid of the idea of calling these conferences conferences, right? Just change the names to leagues. Don't call it the Pac-12 Conference, the Big 12 Conference, the Big 10 Conference. Just call it the Big 10 League, the Pac-12 League, the S, the Southeastern League. Take the Southeastern Conference out of it because it's not teams from the Southeastern Conference that will be in there anymore. I don't know if y'all know, but Oklahoma is in the Midwest, pretty much the middle of the country. They're not in the Southeastern part of the country. So just call it the Southeastern League. ACC, change it to the Atlantic Coast League. Just take the conferences out of it. And another thing about it, think about it this way. It'll be difficult. I think it will be more challenging. Let me use that word. It will be more challenging to recruit kids because of that geographical space that they're no longer confined to. A California kid is now going to be playing Big Ten football if you play for UCLA or USC, you're going to Ann Arbor, Michigan in December to play a football game. And it doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even look right. Nobody, I, me personally, this is the X Factor Sports Podcast, so you're going to get a lot of that. Watching USC play Michigan in December doesn't make sense to me unless it's a bowl game. But the NCAA is so damn greedy, they want everything to look like a bowl game every Saturday. It will take away from the pageantry. It will take away from the uniqueness of the sport in football, college football. The reason why people like college football, some people love college football even more than NFL because of the tradition of college football, college sports in general. By moving these teams all over the country, you are taking a piece of that tradition away. Now, people that graduated from the schools probably don't care. They have their alma maters, so they're good. But your fans that watch the sport and have that tradition, watched it, passed it down to their kids, watched this team, there's just a, the sense of tradition is going away. Yes, you still get the Red River rivalry with Oklahoma and Texas because they're both leaving. You get the Civil War with Oregon and Oregon State. They're going to stay up in the Northwest. But the sense of tradition is just slipping away because 
of teams moving to other conferences. Who wants to see USC play Rutgers in football in a regular season game? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. The playing of the games against each other. Obviously, the money is the reason why. So that makes sense. Dollars always make sense to me. It's the idea that the NCAA is, they have made a conscientious decision to say, the tradition of NCAA matters less and less to us every year, and the money matters more and more, is what they're going to say. Of course, they're still going to get the TV ratings, because people still watch it. But what I'm saying is, it's just watering down the product more and more and more. I'm a huge college basketball fan. If you know me, you know I'm a Duke fan. I've been a Duke fan since I was probably eight, nine years old, for as long as I can remember. Once I found out my older cousin was a Carolina fan, I went the other way. <laughs> Little brother syndrome, I don't know. But I've been a Duke fan for 30 years, over 30 years. I watch college basketball less and less every year, and I played college basketball because they're watering down the product. The play is bad. The kids only want to go there for one year and leave, even if they're not good enough. They don't go to class because they're not staying in school. The NFL, and I've heard talks of this, they're talking about letting certain positions leave early to make money, like the running back, because the running back shelf life is so much shorter than a wide receiver or quarterback. They're actually considering letting running backs go play up in the NFL with grown men after two years. Again, they're just diminishing and watering down this product to make money. They're already making billions of dollars, but they're trying to find a way to make more. The NCAA is a joke. College football is becoming a joke. College basketball has been a joke. And it's only getting worse. So for me, I don't understand why from an athletic, from a competitive standpoint, I don't understand why schools will want to do this. From a financial reason, I obviously understand that. But that's all I got, man. I think it's a joke. I think college football is just going in the wrong direction. Change it from conferences to leagues because there are no more conferences anymore. I've even heard that North Carolina might be leaving the ACC and going to the Big 12. Like, again, as a Duke fan, it's just it's ridiculous to me. But, again, the power of money, right? That's what talks. That's why we're here for the X Factor Sports Podcast. You get unbiased talk. The NCAA is a joke. It's getting watered down more and more. Basketball players going to the G League. College players will play anywhere because of NIL. You're not getting good product. Maybe I'm the old man sitting on the sitting on the stoop. Get off my lawn. Whatever it is, I'm more of a NFL, NBA, MLB type of guy because I see the best of the best. And in order to get that product, you need to continue to use the NCA as a farm system. Pay the kids, but make it. Don't make it a spectacle. Make it still competitive. When we come back. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. When we return, we will get into some NFL action. 
You don't want to miss this. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is the season premiere, season two. We will be right back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Just chopping it up with TikTok Live and we got obviously YouTube and Facebook. I appreciate you guys for tapping in. As you can see, if you notice, if you are subscribe to YouTube or you're on Facebook Live. Your comments will be shown on the screen. They do pop up. We are excited to have you guys jump in and chime in and tune into the show. I appreciate all you guys. What's up to my boy Armando? What's up to Kev? Yo, biggest fans. Appreciate y'all for tapping in. Everybody on TikTok, Ethan, what's going on? Vasquez, Manny, appreciate y'all. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Now, now that we are back, we're going to get into NFL. It is that time of year. That's what this show is. This is a special for the NFL. I hope you guys are tapped into that. We're going to talk about both conferences tonight, and I'm going to break down each division and each team, where they fall in the division, my predictions of where I think they will fall who will win the divisions, and I'm going to talk about real quick why. I'm going to go from the team that has the least chance of winning the division to the team that I think will win the division. All right, we're going to start in the NFC. In the NFC, we're going to go north, south, east, and west. All right, so stay with me. In the NFC North, I think the Packers will bottom out and be the the worst team in the division. As much as I... All bias aside, I just think they lost too much with Aaron Rodgers. They lost some offensive weapons as well. They lost some on-the-field leadership, if that's what you want to say he has. Eh. The talent, they lost talent, obviously. They lost uh, a, a transcendent talent at quarterback. But they lost key weapons as well. And Jordan Love, is Jordan Love ready? Is he ready to take that team and be criticized every week and be compared to Aaron Rodgers every time he makes a mistake or every time he does something good. That is yet to be seen. All right. The next thing we're going to go with is the Lions. They the Detroit Lions. <laughs> the Lions going to lion. Yeah, they got some weapons. They looked good last year. They ended the season strong. I think the expectations are too high for them. I don't know if they can sustain it. This will be the toughest schedule they've had in probably a decade because they weren't last place. So we'll see what happens. If, when they start becoming a team that people have on their scouting report, people are getting up to play, I would like to see how they fare with that. So I think it's just too much offseason hype and they the Lions. <laughs> say less. All right, then we got the Bears. <laughs> 
I think the Bears are going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think they only predicted to win like six games. I can honestly see them winning eight games this year. They'd still be under 500. I'm realistic. But they're going to make a big step in the right direction. I think uh, Justin Fields gets a lot of confidence with the weapons. I think another year on the Matt Eberflew system gives him more confidence. They show that they believe in him. They, it started off with the draft. When the Bears got the number one overall pick, that was when we were going to find out, do they believe in Justin Fields or not? And by trading that number one pick down to Carolina shows that they believe in Justin Fields, at least for another year. Because what they did with their pick is Carolina got it. But the Bears also got DJ Moore and they get Carolina's first round pick next year. So if they don't do well with Bryce Young, the Bears get their high first round pick. And if it doesn't work out for Fields, then we go look at Caleb Williams or some of these other quarterbacks in next year's draft. So I think it was a great move. I think the front office is trying to do something. I think they're trying to get the stench of the old regime out of there and actually try to win football games. So I'm happy to see that. Not ready to win the North, though. They're not there yet. I'll be very surprised if they do, but I can see them winning a lot more games than people expect. The Vikings are the best team in the division. I believe the Vikings will win the NFC North this year. Again, they're a good team. They win games. One thing about Kirk Cousins, about Cuzzos, Kirk Thuggins, whatever you want to call them, the one thing about him is that he wins regular season games. You can go all the way back. Hell, you can go all the way back to Michigan State. <laughs> but, of course, with Washington, I mean, he's, he's Mr. Franchise Tag. He wins football games. It is what it is. You see enough body of work from a quarterback. Everybody tries to give him flack. He ain't good in primetime games, yada, yada, yada. He wins like 12. I won't say 12. That's a lot. He wins like 10 games a year. And in the NFC North, I believe if you win 10 games in that division, you will win the division. I don't see any other team that can win 10 games but the Vikings. They're not going to win as many close games as they did last year. The NFL is about parity. Teams flip-flop all the time. But I think the Vikings are good enough to win games. So they will win probably 10-plus. They'll win double-digit games and win the division is what I believe. Now, NFC South, arguably the worst division in football. I mean, yikes. <laughs> That's all I got to say about the South. But somebody's got to win the division, right? So the team that won't win the division, I believe, is the Bucks. I think they have the exact same issues as the Carolina Panthers in regards to quarterback play. I don't think their quarterback is ready to lead. They have a lot of deficiencies there. Their defense is getting older. Some of those guys are on that Super Bowl run. They got two, three years under them of more mileage. They're not the same team. I like Mike Evans. I like um, the other wide receiver, Godwin. I like Chris Godwin. I just don't think they have enough to get to win football games, honestly. So I think the Bucks fall in the bottom of the NFC South. And the Panthers are right there. They may have the same record as the Panthers, but the Panthers might beat them head to head. That's why they get third. So, semantics, whatever you want to call it. Rookie quarterback with a bad O-line in the NFL is a recipe for disaster. And with Bryce Young, 
this is kind of the symptoms of being the number one overall pick. If you're the number one overall pick, you usually go to a bad team. That's why they were able to pick you because they weren't good. So he's going to see a lot of that. He is going to be the starter. He's going to have to grow up fast. But their O-line's bad. He's small. The number one wide receiver they had is no longer there. I just don't see them winning a lot of games. The Falcons will surprise people. If they're healthy, I think with Desmond Ritter getting getting reps last year will help him this year with his confidence. I think that coach will do better this year. He's got a, got a feel. He kind of has a feel for his team now. So I can see them improving. And because they're in the worst division in football, they may have one more win than the Panthers, but they'll be the second best team in the division. So quarterback gets better this year. I think Kyle Pitts is healthy at tight end. I think they get better. So I think the I think the Falcons play better. They won't win the division, though. The division is the NFC South is the Saints division to lose. I will say it like that. They are heavily favored to win it. They got a veteran quarterback in Derek Carr, who I personally believe is very underrated in terms of leadership and consistency. When he's healthy, he plays all the time. He's consistent. He doesn't play bad football. He doesn't play what I mean by bad football. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's mature. They got an adult in the room with Derek Carr. Other than Jameis Winston, I think this team will win more games simply because they have Derek Carr and not Jameis because Jameis is still trying to grow up. And he's coming off another injury. So I think with Derek Carr having something to prove, showing everybody it wasn't his fault with the Raiders, I think they will come out and win that division. Now, how many games? Again, this will be a bad division, so I think they could win this division at 9-7, and seven, but I could see them winning 10 games, though. Because in their division alone, they can go 6-0. and oh. They can beat everybody in the South. They just got to sneak out four games from somebody else. Their schedule will be okay, mediocre, because they didn't win the division last year. So they should be good. Now, the NFC East, we go from arguably the worst division to arguably the best division year in and year out in NFC East. I think the Commanders are going to be in last place in this division. And again, be sure to make sure you can chime in, comment, like, share, subscribe. Your comments will pop up on the screen. Let me know what you think about the NFL, the NFC, what your opinions are. We will get them up on the screen. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. In the NFC East, though, I think, like I said, Washington will be at the bottom. I believe that with new ownership, new offensive coordinator. Hell, they might be moving a stadium in the middle of the season. Like, it's just a lot of dysfunction. Too many distractions. Who's the quarterback there? I just don't see with all around all that dysfunction in this division, it's going to be hard for them to win games. They may not win a divisional game this year. That's very possible. The Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys all made the playoffs last year. It's very possible that the commanders do not win a division game. So for that reason alone, there's no way they can be, there's no way they can win a division. They don't win a game in it. So the Giants, I think the Giants actually take a step back. 
not a huge step back. I don't think they make the playoffs, though. Take a step back. Most second-year coaches, after their first successful year, coach of the year, they kind of go out the gate. Nobody really knows their schemes yet. Now, this is where defensive coordinators make their money in the offseason. They make the adjustments. They watch film on the teams that they're going to play. That's why schedules come out in the summertime. For those of you who didn't know, this is why schedules come out before the season. And so you can scout your schedule. And I feel like the Giants are going to run into a lot of that with Daniel Jones. Like, a lot of people didn't expect him. A lot of people, he has underrated athleticism, Daniel Jones. He was an all-state basketball player, too. So he's got underrated athleticism. I don't think he will catch anybody by surprise. Is Saquon Barkley happy there? Their wide receiver, their wide receiver core is still not great. Not better than the other two teams in the division that's better than them. So for that reason, they take a step back. I, I got them third in the East. The Cowboys, every year we hear, we them boys. How about them Cowboys? I love seeing the memes that say, the Dallas Cowboys are eliminated from playoff contention. I love seeing those in August. <laughs> those are hilarious to me. People just trolling each other. But the Cowboys are, I'll call them the Floyd Mayweather of, of the NFL. People, half the country want to see him win, half the country want to see him lose, but everybody tunes in to watch him. It's like Floyd. So with that being said, the coach calling the offense now because the offensive coordinator is with the Chargers. And then can we trust Dak Prescott? I mean, every year, same thing. We talk about his stats. They compare him to Kirk Cousins. I guess he wins games. He's a fantasy football guy to me. I mean, some quarterbacks are just, some quarterbacks can win in the NFL. And some quarterbacks are good to pick up for fantasy football. Dak Prescott is a fantasy football quarterback to me. He will get the stats. If he's healthy, he will throw for the yards. He throws the ball 40 times a game. You play fantasy football, that's your guy. If you play in a loser's pool, eh, you probably ain't got them going very far in that. But can we trust Dak? No Zeke. Tony Pollard, is he a bell cow back? Can he, can he, is he a three down back? We'll have to find out. So for that reason, I don't think they're going to be better than the Eagles. The Eagles can go one or two ways. I have the Eagles winning the division, but they can go one or two ways. They may have a Super Bowl hangover. So with that being said, they may come back one blood or they can fall off. Yeah, they got too high. Now, they're, now they fall off the cliff. I don't know. I think the way that team is built, the depth they have on the defensive end, they're rated the best offensive line and the best defensive line in football. If it's not them, it's the 49ers. So when you got that coming back, when you got Jalen Hurts coming back, he got his money. We'll see what type of player he's made of now that he's paid. I see them winning this division. It will be tough. I think Dallas can get them once. I think they, they'll split. But overall, I think they'll have the better record. That division always comes down to week 16, week 17 anyway. So I don't expect anything less, but I think the Eagles pull it out. NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals will be really bad. <laughs> I know y'all probably not used to hearing that on the podcast, man, but I call it like I see it. They will be really bad. Um, Kyler Murray is out. 
tore his ACL. So he'll probably miss at least a month before he comes back and play. What do they do in that first month? They will not have a great, they, the schedule will be weak because they had a bad year last year, but they're not good. New coach, no quarterback, best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in football left. One of their best DBs don't want to be there. Another DB left. So a lot of dysfunction, a lot of distractions, like all these teams that are at the bottom of the barrel. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of change. If you see the theme and with turnover and no continuity in football is huge. Is the reason why I think the Cardinals will, will be bad. I don't think, I don't think they get five wins. Uh, the Seahawks, they surprised people last year, just like the Giants. They can't sneak up on anybody anymore. Geno Smith had a great year last year. I don't know if he can replicate it. There's an old saying, there's a reason why you're a backup. So not saying they'll fall back into his old form, the old Jets, Geno Smith, but I don't think we'll see the same Geno Smith we saw last year simply because they have film on Okay, there's tendencies. Obviously, that's why you watch film. You see what you see. I just don't think that they are going to be able to sneak up on anybody anymore. They're not the underdogs. People are going to pay them a lot of respect and their schedule will be harder because they won a lot of games last year. So they are the hunted. And because of that, I think they take a step back. The Rams, I think, flip-flop and leap over the Seahawks. I think because they have championship pedigree, they have veterans on that team that know how to win. It all centers around the health of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. If those two are healthy, though, I believe they make a big jump. They had a disappointing year last year. If you know anything about sports, teams that are disappointed feel like they have something to prove. They come back hungry. I think the Rams, I think McVay will have them hungry. Aaron Donald is back. There's no, notice there's no retirement talk this offseason. It was retirement talk when they won the Super Bowl. Everybody was laid back, kicked their feet up. They got the Super Bowl hangover. Hopefully the Eagles don't get that. Now I think the Rams, you don't hear any talking about Aaron Donald partying. You don't hear any talk about Aaron Donald retiring. I think he comes back meaner than ever. And I think I think they set the tone. Their schedule will be weak because, again, they lost a lot last year. You get everybody back healthy. I think they I think they get something going. I'm not saying they make the playoffs, but they will be more and they will be much improved. And I think they'll have a better record than the Seahawks. Which leaves us the winners of the NFC West, San Francisco 49ers. Models of consistency in that division, in the conference, really, since Shanahan's been there. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, if they're not going to the NFC Championship or winning their division, they're going to the playoffs. Like, ever since Kyle Shanahan has been there, unless the season's complete train wreck, they find a way to win games. Even with quarterback controversy, they found a way to win games. Now they no longer have the quarterback controversy. You got Brock Purdy. We got Sam Darnold. We know who the guys are. Trey Lance is out. Jimmy G's out. There's no more talk about who's the quarterback. Kyle Shanahan can pour everything into those two guys and let them ball. So with that being said, I think they're the best team in the NFC West. I don't even think it's going to be relatively close. They may mess around and win the division by week 14 with four games to go. 
and that'll be all she wrote. So that's who I got winning the divisions. I got the Vikings in the North, the Saints in the South, the Eagles in the East, and the 49ers in the West. When we come back, this is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. You are tuning in live on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Also, you will be able to catch the audio after the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. I'm everywhere. You ain't never there. Check us out and be sure to make sure you subscribe so you can get your Get your comments on the show. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Jay Mondane, we'll be right back. I'm going to give you a quick break. I'm coming right back, coming in with the AFC. We're going to talk about who in the AFC is going to win their division when we come back. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, yo. Having a good time, y'all. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. This show is Jay Mondane. Season 2, the premiere, the NFL episode we are getting into it hope you guys enjoyed that last segment we talked about the nfc if you missed it we talked about the nfc who we thought would win the nfc divisions we went through every team in the division we're about to do the exact same thing for the afc who do we think will win the division i'm gonna go north south east and west again and i'm gonna go from worst to first so starting with the afc north I said the NFC East might be the best division in football. I might have lied to y'all. It might be this division. It might be the AFC North. Because every single team can win. This year, I think every team in this division can win nine games. I don't think that in every other division. I think the Browns, Steelers, Bengals, Ravens can win nine games each. I don't know how the hell they're going to get the nine because they got to play each other. But it is that tight of a race in the AFC North, but wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give y'all a prediction of who I think would win the division. With all that being said, because the division is so good, somebody has to lose the division. I think it'll be the Browns. Like the Lions, they are still the Cleveland Browns, (laughs) Um, but they do. So on on a positive note though, they do have Deshaun Watson back. Hopefully Deshaun Watson is back to form. He had a full season to get acclimated, a full offseason. He's ready. There's no restrictions. There's no suspensions, no massages, none of that. He is ready to go. So it'll be good to see 
how Deshaun Watson plays. I'm excited to see that. Like I said, in a good division, even a good team, if they were in another division, would probably win. Somebody has to be in fourth place. I think it will be them and they're the Browns. After that, I think it'll be the Steelers. I mean, again, the Steelers could win nine games. Mike, 500 football Tomlin, <laughs> will find a way to win half the games this year. He always does. It doesn't matter how old his quarterback is, how beat up his defense is, who's fighting in the locker room. If Antonio Brown come back and get on Facebook Live with his phone in the locker room, it doesn't matter. Mike Tomlin always seems to find a way to win half of his games. And because of that, it's hard to count out Mike. They're a young team, but they will find a way to win. I think you'll see that pickings and picking combination with the quarterback and receiver, that young core. Deontay Washington, I think, gets back on track. TJ Watt, if he can stay healthy, something about that Watt family, some in the water, I don't know. But we hope you we we wish you good health this season because when he plays, they win. Y'all can check the stats if you want. I think his winning percentage with the Steelers is like 75% of the games he plays in, they win. And they lose like 60% of the games he doesn't play in. 70% of the games he doesn't play in. It's crazy the way he tips the scale. So if he's healthy, I think they win games. But you got two other teams in the division that are just better is what it is. The Bengals, I think, will not win this division. Surprise, surprise. I do not have the Bengals winning the division this year. I think the Bengals take a step back. They will have a tough schedule. The schedule will be tough. Burrow is not 100% again coming into the season with the calf tear. He had the appendectomy the year before. Torn ACL. I won't label him as injury prone because he wins games and he plays. If you notice that winning cures everything. I got a lot of puns tonight, apparently. Um, but winning seems to cure everything, even the injuries, because... If he was not, you look at Tua, and then you look at Joe Burrow. Tua's had the same injury. Joe Burrow's had multiple injuries to different parts of his body, yet he's not labeled injury prone, and Tua is. The reason is because Joe Burrow wins more games. I'm going to call it like I see it. I'm not saying that Two is better than Joe Burrow or that he's even on Joe Burrow's level. What I'm saying is Joe Burrow does not get the label of injury prone. Yet by definition, if you are injured every year, you need to get the label injury prone because it's something different every time. They're playing, they're literally playing the game operation on Joe Burrow. Whereas Tua is just dealing with concussions, which is very serious. But it's the one issue. When he's not dealing with that, he's playing football and they win games. But he has been labeled as injury prone because of it. Because it could end his career and obviously mess up his life long term. We understand that. My point is, when you're winning football games, a lot of that stench of negativity goes away. Injury prone. Not there for your team. No leadership. Yada, 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 etc. When you're winning football games... They spray Febreze all over that. When you're not winning football games, they kind of seep through the cracks a little bit. So, Joe Burrow, will he be healthy? Tough schedule. If he's 
they do well. I think they can make the playoffs. Two teams can come out of that division and make the playoffs. I just don't think they will win that division because of Lamar Jackson. I think with Lamar coming back with the, I mean, he's got a fantasy football team over there. Now, there's no excuses. I guess I'm putting some of my own pressure on Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens. It's, it's time. He's been in the league five, six years. All of his peers are winning games. He's got a league MVP. He has to start winning games. Simple as that. He's got his weapons. He's got his coordinator. He got his money. You have everything you asked for, Mr. Jackson. It's time to start winning football games. So because of that, because I believe in Lamar Jackson, I'm going to say the Ravens will win the AFC North. Now, anything can happen. Again, he's another quarterback that seems to find himself on the, on the injury report from time to time. So if they can keep him healthy, I think they win the division. Obviously, all these predictions are barring health. We don't, I don't know who would make predictions about sports saying, oh, well, he's going to get hurt, so I can't predict that. Obviously, this is all, we're bearing that all in mind, that all these teams will be healthy. And if they are, I think the Ravens are the best team in the division. Defense is much improved. Easier schedule, mind you, because they did not play and did not win as many games as the Bengals. The schedule matters more in the NFL than in any sport. Don't kid yourself. The schedule matters more in the NFL than any other sport because the NFL does not play everybody and they have first place and last place schedules. For those of you who do not understand what that means, if your team is in a division, if they won that division, whoever's first, second, third, or fourth, the team that won that division plays what's called a first place schedule the next year. It, you can almost predict who they're going to play the next season. You can at least get half the schedule down if they win their division a year prior. So, like the Bengals' schedule will be tougher than the Ravens because the Bengals won their division and they're in the AFC. So they have to play the top teams in the AFC on their schedule automatically. So they have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Bills. They have to play... Who else won their division? The J Jacksonville. Because those teams won their divisions, they all have to play against each other. Hence, first place schedule. And number two does that with number two, so on and so forth. So that's why you kind of hear me hinting at all of the uh, all of the scheduling that matters because the Bengals schedule will be tougher than the Ravens because the Ravens lost more games. But because of that, and because everybody's healthy, they should win more. So math. So we got people on here even talking about OBJ. So OBJ healthy. He's part of that offensive arsenal that they got now. Hopefully all the running backs got on the same program to get healthy. It was crazy last year. It was like twilight zone. Every running back they had got hurt. I think some of the high school running backs in Baltimore got hurt last year. It was, it was crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. So good to see that everybody coming back. So I got them. All right, in the South, in the AFC South, the Colts will be probably dead last. 
Colts probably be the worst team in football. The reason why I say that, the front office is so dysfunctional with the ownership. The owners, the owner's box is dysfunctional. Jim Irsay, he don't know whether to retract statements. He don't know whether to keep the statement. He don't know whether to, he doesn't know what is going on, basically. So because of the, the dysfunction and because their bell cow back Jonathan Taylor might not be playing for him, and who the hell is their quarterback? Are we ready for Anthony Richardson yet? Is he ready to play in the NFL? That offensive line may be better because they might have something to prove because last year they were supposed to be great and they were not. I don't think they'll do well. I got the Colts last, simple as that. I think the Texans will be much better. Like the Bears, I think the Texans will do better than expected. Not saying they'll have the same record. I just think that they're going to surprise a lot of people. Nico Ryans, the Nico Ryans from San Francisco took the job. Yes, he's a defensive co coach, but I also think that because he's a defensive coach, he's going to, the offense will surprise some people. I think CJ Stroud was the perfect fit for the Texans. That was, a, they had a great draft. I went to the draft, saw how, who they picked up, saw the moves they were making. It was fun to be there. I would go to another draft again if it ever happens, if it ever comes close to where I'm at. I would definitely go. Had a great time. The Texans were the highlight of the draft, though. Who would have thought? So they did good. I can see them winning some games. I think they got it right with the quarterback with Stroud. New coach and D'Amico Ryans. New voice in the locker room. When you have a losing team and a losing culture, a new voice with a winning culture sometimes is like a shot in the arm to the players. It helps the morale. So I think that'll help them. <clears throat> so I got the I got the Texans doing better than the Colts. After that, I think the Tennessee Titans will definitely be second in the division. Still questions at quarterback. Is Malik Willis playing? Is Will Levis playing? Oh yeah, Ryan Tannehill still play there. Like quarterback carousel, but the bad division keeps them alive. Because they got two bad teams with young quarterbacks that don't know the game yet, they can sneak away and get at least four wins, three out of four wins, possibly. The, the Titans seem to struggle with the Colts for some reason, but division games, you never know. I just feel like the Titans are better than the other two teams because the other two teams are younger. Titans have more experience. They still got Tennessee bully, King Henry. So I feel like they will go on and win. They won't win more games than the Jacksonville Jaguars, though. I think Jacksonville wins this division. I think they get so confident after what they did last year. I think the confidence is through the roof. They got to play a playoff game in Arrowhead, actually played good against the Chiefs for three quarters. I feel like that with Doug Peterson gives that team confidence. He is a player's coach. I think he will give them confidence to move into the season. They will build off last year. And Trevor Lawrence might get some MVP talk early on. I think I wouldn't be surprised if you hear Trevor Lawrence getting some early MVP talk. He's one of those young up-and-coming guys. He may bump over Justin Herbert because he's going to be winning games. Herbert is still like, you got the talent, but you ain't winning. So I can definitely see... Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine, making that next step. 
with the with the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the division. In the AFC East, at the bottom of the barrel in the AFC East, I think the New England Patriots are going to be bad as well. <laughs> Probably no surprise to a lot of you guys that watch football, but I think that they will definitely stay at the bottom of the AFC East. They they will be the Jets, the, the Jets of yesteryear in this division. And I say that because honestly, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell it like it is, y'all. Between you, me, and everybody that's listening, between me and you, Bill Belichick has shown that he lacks in talent evaluation. Can we just be honest? Yes, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Yes, he's won a lot of games, a lot of Super Bowls. But he he is sorely lacking in player evaluation as a head coach. They're not good. In layman's terms, they're not good. They don't have any talent. So I don't see how they can win games in this division if they don't have good players. He's never been able to draft good offensive players. And now it looks like defensive players don't want to play there. So where do they go from here? I don't think they do well. And honestly, I don't think Robert Kraft's happy with him. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear hot seat talk for the great Bill Belichick this season if they don't get off to a good start. Because Robert Kraft is impatient. And Robert Kraft understands that he ran Tom Brady off. And he won't forget. Billionaires don't forget when you lose the money. <laughs> Remember that. So, I can see that happening. The Patriots will not be good this year. Um, again, no talent. The mystique is gone. Nobody is afraid of the New England Patriots anymore. That mystique is out the window. Football is a what have you done for me lately sport. And they have done nothing lately but lose and not go to the playoffs and have Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi fight for a starting position. So long story short, he needs players. That's the bottom line. I think he needs players and he ain't got them. So they'll be at the bottom. Now, that being said, everybody is all excited about this team. All the hype in the world. I said the Lions had hype. Not as much hype as the New York Jets. I'm going to keep it real simple. I'm going to keep it all the way tall for y'all. The New York Jets are on hard knocks this year. Enough said. All right. So the Buffalo Bills will be next after that. I think the Buffalo Bills fall back. They will not win the division. I think they take a step back. I think the pressure gets to them. There's a lot going on in their locker room, a lot of turmoil where there's smoke, there's fire. We've been hearing about it all offseason. They are impatient with they are getting impatient with Josh Allen. They want to see they want to see results, and they're not getting the results they want. Yes, they are winning a lot of games, but now it's time to they they literally built the team to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have not been able to do it. And it looks like the Cincinnati Bengals have jumped over them, superseded them. When the Bengals weren't even talked about when they got Josh Allen and they got this crew together in Buffalo, 
And the Cincinnati Bengals have jumped over them in terms of hierarchy in the AFC. I think they are running out of time. And because of that, I think they take a step back. The window is closing. I won't say it's closed. Still a little breeze coming through. That little Buffalo breeze still coming through. But I believe that they are, the window is closing. So even with Josh Allen staying, that's fine. There's a lot of teams that had good quarterbacks that did not win. In this division alone, we can talk Dan Marino. The window is just closing because players are going to start getting unhappy playing there. Yes, he's a franchise quarterback. You're not going to get rid of him. But also at the same time, how long are you going to go with being satisfied with just winning football games when you're supposed to be a championship-level team? And I don't think they will. So I think they step back. And I think the Dolphins actually win this division. I'm gonna give y'all another surprise. I, I can see the I can see the Miami Dolphins winning the AFC East this year. Here's why: If two is healthy, he was in MVP conversations last year. Let's not get it twisted. They was winning games because of Tua, not in spite of. Tua was playing really well. He had the highest QB rating before he got hurt. Touchdown to interception ratio, like he had the QB numbers, top five and everything. So we know he can play. His health was the concern. With Tua being with Tua being healthy, we have to consider that they may have the best team in that division, especially offensively with the weapons they have. They might have the best offensive core, wide receiver core in football. They challenge the Bengals with the offensive core with the weapons. So, second year under Mike McDaniel, Mike McDonald. I think that offense will get better. Second year with Tyreek Hill in that offense. They saw some success last season. I think the defense gets better. Bradley Chubb gets a full training camp. I think they come back better. So I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins winning the AFC East. Last but not least, in the NFL, the AFC West, I think the Raiders are at the bottom of this list in the AFC West. Simple and plain, I don't trust Josh McDaniel at all. Anybody that accepts a position and then reneges on it and runs back home to daddy, I have a real problem with him. Don't respect it. I know this happened years ago. Still, I, I'm he not even coaching my team. Got a bad taste in my mouth for it. He just, he just looks shady. He just looked like if he worked in a, if he did a, if he worked like in an office building, he would steal stuff. Like he just, <laughs> he rubs me the wrong way, man. I'm not a Mike, I'm not a Josh McDaniel guy. So I don't trust him. Can Jimmy G stay healthy ever? So can he stay healthy? He never does. But when he does, he wins. But new team, I mean, Devontae Adams might want out before Halloween, <laughs> depending on what goes on with the Raiders. You never know what could happen with the Raiders. Uh, I just don't know what th – that team is a big if. And if there are too many ifs and not enough certainty, I don't have you winning a lot of games. However, I do think the Broncos will be better. They have answered some of their questions, obviously, at the coach. I think Russ will come back and play better. Say what you want about Russ. He is a competitor. And when you're a competitor and you've won a Super Bowl and you've been to two Super Bowls, you know how to win. You know how to compete. Yes, he came in there, you know, 
big shot, had an office secretary, whatever, whatever. His own guys. I think, obviously, with Sean Payton there, all that's out the window. It's time to play football. If he didn't get humbled last year, I don't know what will humble him. So, because of that, I think he comes back humbled. I've already seen him in preseason. He's lost weight. He moves around like Seattle Russ. His, his legs look quicker. He looks fresh. He's not trying to be a politician like he was last year. He looked like he was running for office. I don't know. I mean, he probably shook more hands and kissed more babies than touchdowns thrown. So hopefully all that is done and behind him, and now he can play football. So because of that, I think they will do better than the Raiders. Again, he's got something to prove, and he's got a coach that he trusts and respects. That is huge. He trusts and respects the coach. Everybody will fall in line if your leader trusts and respects the head coach because he can be an extension of you. That's the way that goes. And again, back to the schedule. Their schedule will be weak because of what they did last year. They quote unquote get rewarded with a bad schedule this year if everybody's healthy. So we'll see what they do. Nonetheless, they won't make the playoffs. They'll just be better than they were last year. They still third in a division of four teams because the Chargers are better than them, top to bottom. The Chargers are probably talent wise a team that can challenge the Chiefs to win the AFC West, realistically. The Chargers always have their number. They win in Arrowhead, which is a tough place to play. I've been to multiple Chargers games where the Chargers have won. And it's always a battle. The AFC West is always a battle anyway. But the Chargers are a real threat to the Chiefs winning this division. But I don't think they will win simply because I just believe that the Chiefs, <clears throat> you win you win this division seven years in a row. I just feel like they, off the straight, off GP, they're going to win it for eighth time. <laughs> but that does not mean they won't be challenged by the Chargers. I think the Chargers will fight to the bitter end if they stay healthy. Hopefully Herbert can do something. New offensive coordinator. The clock is ticking on the head coach because of the decisions he makes, fourth down, all that, trying to be fancy. Clock's ticking on him. I think they need to win this division to save jobs. And for that reason, they will fight. If they don't win a division, they need to win a playoff game to save jobs. I'll say that. If I had to think of one team that needed to save jobs, it's the LA Chargers. If they don't win this division, and if they do not, or... They do not win a playoff game after what happened to them last year. They will they will be out. There will be jobs. People will be moved around. There will be furniture moving, parking spaces switched around. Which leads us to the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champs, defending champs. It's their division. It's their division to lose. I'll put it like that. Yes, the Chargers have a good team top to bottom in terms of talent. It's the Chiefs' division to lose. We're not signing Chris Jones yet. It's huge. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Chris Jones is more valuable than than the average football fan understands. And if he does not play, you guys will see why he is so valuable. So they need to get that done. They need to sign Chris Jones. 
but they are becoming the, the Kansas City Chiefs are becoming the new iteration of what the New England Patriots were back in the early 2000s, 2010s in the AFC East. It was like a foregone conclusion. They were going to win the division. The only difference is the AFC East was really bad. Like they had three bad teams. At least in AFC West, the Raiders are good sometimes. The Broncos have been good. The Chargers are always trying to be good. They can win eight, nine games. But the Chiefs have just been as dominant. So it's actually more impressive. They've been more dominant in a division that's actually competitive. So with that being said, I think the Chiefs win the AFC West. So what do we got in the AFC? I got the Ravens winning the North. The Jaguars winning the South. I have the Dolphins winning the East. And I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West. So there we have it. That's what we got in our NFL predictions by division. You guys can like, share, subscribe, comment on the bottom of the screen. TikTok, let me see your comments. Appreciate you guys for tapping in. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. When we come back, we are not done with NFL talk. We are going to get into some awards. We're going to talk about mid uh, end of season awards. Who I'm going to predict who I think will win these awards coming up this season. This is Jay Mondain of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jay Mondane. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for tuning in to the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are live on TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. After the show, you will be able to catch the audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. I'm all over the airwaves. I'm all in your face on the screen. If you don't want to see the face, check the airwaves. I'm there. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is season two, the premiere. Appreciate you guys for tapping in. All right. What are we getting into next, you say? We're going to talk about NFL predictions. All right. So on these predictions, if you guys scan that QR code on the screen, that will take you to the YouTube channel where you can subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast on YouTube. We have over 1,400 subscribers on YouTube. We have over 10,000 followers on TikTok. And we have over 1,000 likes on TikTok Live right now today. I appreciate you guys for tapping in. We're going to talk about NFL awards, all right? Who do we think will win? I'm going to start with the MVP. The MVP over the last 
however many years since Adrian Peterson. It's been like 10 years since somebody other than a quarterback has won this award. So I am going to predict that this award will go to somebody that is not a quarterback. All right, we're going to take this award and flip it around. The reason they created the Offensive Player of the Year award is basically saying only quarterbacks can win the MVP. So the rest of y'all get this booby prize we call the Offensive Player of the Year, which is BS. So here on the X Factor Sports Podcast, we are going to pick an MVP that is not a quarterback. And this year, I'm going to pick Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers will win the MVP. The reason I say that, he is a Swiss Army knife. I mean, in one game last year, this dude ran a touchdown, threw a touchdown, and caught a touchdown. I mean, he is playing high school football, basically. He is He's looking like the Shohei Atani of football. So he, he can do everything. Only thing he need to do now is make a tackle. So I got... If I had to pick one player that wasn't a quarterback to win the MVP this year, I would say Christian McCaffrey. The offensive player of the year, I'm going to flip-flop it on you. I'm going to give it to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will be the offensive player of the year. He is offense. He will be 60-some percent of the offense this year. Rushing, throwing the ball. I think he will have his best year as a quarterback throwing the ball this year. I can see him throwing for over 4,000 yards. I can see him throwing for over 25 touchdowns and running for over 10. It's going to look like Lamar Jackson is playing college football this year with all the weapons if he stays healthy. That's why I think he can be offensive player of the year. For the defensive player of the year, I think they're finally going to give it to Michael Parsons, man. I know I make jokes about the Cowboys, but in all seriousness, Michael Parsons if he does what he did last year, they can't deny him. Get that boy his defensive player of the year. He deserves it. I think Michael Parsons breaks through and wins defensive player of the year this year. Offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to go with the running back out of Atlanta, Bijan Robinson. I think he comes out of the gate going crazy. The reason why he will win it is because they are a team that will run the ball and he will play a lot. And he will have spectacular plays and he will get touchdowns. So because of that, I think he will win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know it's a passing league, so it's very easy to predict a wide receiver can win this award. But I feel like a running back, running back should get some love. If you haven't noticed the theme, last season, the X Factor Sports Podcast, we saved the running back position. This year, we try to keep it alive. So I'm going to go ahead and say Bijan Robinson, another running back. Go ahead and get that offensive rookie of the year, my boy. Defensive rookie of the year is going to Jalen Carter, D-tackle for the Eagles. The Bears actually traded that pick last minute, got it to the Eagles, and they drafted uh, Jalen Carter. We switched from number 9 to 10. We got the guy we wanted from Tennessee. They got the guy they wanted from Georgia. So I think if he's healthy and out of trouble, I think he'll go ahead and get that defensive rookie of the year award. I won't be mad at it at all. Comeback player of the year. I mean, that should go without saying. Comeback player of the year is probably going to be DeMar Hamlin. Shouts out to him. I'm glad that he is healthy and back playing football. I watched the Bears preseason game last weekend and he was in it. So it was great to see that. He comes back fully healthy. He deserves the Comeback Player of the Year award. They should give it to him, even if he's on the field. 
So it'll be good to see that. Coach of the year is going to be a surprise to y'all. But I'm going to go ahead and say Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears has the opportunity to win Coach of the Year. I won't say he'll win because their record may not be good enough to win. The reason why I give him the opportunity to win it is because the same reason that the Giants coach won it last year. The wins to losses, if they flip that around, if, if he can get the Bears to nine wins and be in the playoff picture after Thanksgiving, if the Bears are still in the playoff picture after Thanksgiving, he has to win Coach of the Year. I'll just say it like that. If we go into Week 12, 13, and we still talking Bears, maybe in the playoffs, and they have a legitimate shot of getting in, a legitimate shot of winning the division, he has to be Coach of the Year. So I'll say I'll give him that. It'll have to be that caveat for Matt Eberflus. The, the Bears will turn around. They will surprise people. But if he is coach of the year, it's because they are on a pace to get double-digit wins. So that's who I got for my award. That's what I'm predicting this year. Christian McCaffrey, MVP. Lamar Jackson, Offensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year. We got B. John Robinson, running back for the Falcons to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jalen Carter, the Defensive Tackle of the Eagles to be the Defensive Rookie of the Year, DeMar Hamlin, of course, the Comeback Player of the Year, and Matt Eberflus of the Bears with the caveat that they go ahead and win that thing or stay in the playoff hunt during Thanksgiving. When we come back from the X Factor Sports Podcast, we almost out of here. I've been having so much fun with this season premiere. You have no idea. I'm going to smoke me a nice celebratory cigar once this is done, but we still got work to do. When we come back, we will get into the two-minute warning, and we will head on out. I will let you know what we got going on next week. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Jim. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. This is Jay Mondane. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you again for watching the show today. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Love interacting with the fans. Love interacting with the comments. Be sure to make sure every week when you are on the show, if you are subscribed on YouTube, or Facebook that you can comment at the bottom. Those comments will come up on the chat. Everybody can see them, interact with you, whatever you wanna do. The QR code up there on the left side of the screen, be sure to scan that. It'll take you straight to the YouTube channel, the X Factor Sports Podcast, where you can catch all 
of the current and past seasons episodes. Go ahead and check out season one, 12 episodes on last season. It was a great jump start. We got things that we wanted going. We worked out some kinks. Show's getting better and better. So let's get into it. Before we head out of here, I always do my, what I call the two minute warning. We're gonna talk about this time is, if you want peace, you must prepare for war. I know that sounds real, real cryptic, real serious, but I mean internally, all right? The war within yourself. If you want peace within yourself, you must prepare for war, okay? What I mean by that is peace within, okay? Tough times go, tough people don't, okay? There's a lot of tough times. A lot of people went through some things this summer, myself included. There are going to be tough times, but you have to be able to prepare yourself mentally to get through those things, to overcome those things, to come out better on the other side, learn from them. You have to prepare to go to war, to find your peace. We all go through tough times. The thing that you can do about it, though, is prepare yourself to go through them mentally. You can do that. Get a good support system around you. Get positive people around you. People that you can actually go to and be honest with, and they can be honest with you. Those are the types of people you want to be around to prepare you for war. Okay? Stay around honest, positive people. Be honest with yourself. You can't be afraid to look yourself in the mirror figure out your flaws, admit to those flaws, ask yourself questions like, did I deserve this? I know it seems hard. I know it seems like you may be picking on yourself. Nobody wants to criticize themselves that deep, but that is a serious way to arm yourself with the tools you need so you never feel that way again, so you can find your peace. Got to look in the mirror and ask yourself, did I deserve this? You know, how can I get better? So the bottom line is, in order to get peace, you have to prepare for war within yourself. Surround yourself with good people. Take care of yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Look yourself in the mirror. Hold yourself accountable. Learn from it. Move forward. Be stronger from it. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the season premiere. Season two is going to be crazy. Next week, we got NFL Week one, we got predictions. Your favorite segment, Bet That, will be back. I will have bets behind me. We will talk about picks. We will talk about fantasy football. We got a whole segment on fantasy football. I know everybody's jumping into that. We will get into that all season long. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Also, we will not forget about the ladies. We will talk WNBA. The playoffs are coming up September 13th. We will dive into the WNBA playoffs. Again, this is Jay Monana, the X Factor Sports Podcast. Peace.